Today is April 16th, and it is a uh, coming off a Yankee off day, but we have a whole slew of voicemails. We got Sharp Stats with Katie Sharp. We got fun things to talk about. We got some sad stats to talk about coming up. How about that? A lot of voicemails. Excited. Let's get into it. Let's talk Yanks. All right, thank you for tuning in on this beautiful Tuesday morning, Monday night, if you're live with us. My name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey, and I got my co-host Jake coming to you from Denver, and we're going to talk some Yanks on the voicemail up here. Jake, how you doing? Good, Jimmy. Happy, uh, happy evening. Happy little date night for you, huh? Yep, just got back. Went to the shrimp box in Point Pleasant, had some shrimp, and some. Uh, then we put some of it in a box, took it home, so there you go. Well-named, sounds like. Yeah, perfect. We actually, Katie got me a gift certificate to go there for Christmas, but they're a seasonal restaurant, and they closed, so we had to wait until they opened. So we're like, all right, ah. let's, let's go. Let's go to some go. shrimp. I'm a big shrimp fan. Okay. Do you I like shrimp? I support you in that. Do you like shrimp? I support that you like shrimp. Perfect. Only shrimp I don't like is cold shrimp. I don't like cocktail. Okay. Yeah. Fair. I eat anything. Yeah, I saw you eat cat food once. No cats, no onions. Those are the two things I tell the waiter, waiter or waitress I do not eat. Cats, onions. And one of the psyllins. I don't know if it's penicillin or amoxicillin. I'm allergic to one of them. I'm a penicillin guy. Okay. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. My, my sister's allergic to the other one, so my mom doesn't have them straight in her head. But we're, each, we're one in one. No psyllins in the Storielli house. Well, we can each have one. But we don't know which one because our mom never figured it out in her head. So that's because she we're was at. just like no silence. That's that was how your mom handled it. Yeah, uh, I think she left it for the docs. I think she left it for the docs. When I uh, told like my sophomore year homeroom teacher in high school or junior year because it was California, he's like, "Is anyone here allergic to any medicine?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm allergic to penicillin. I blow up like a uh, like Violet from that movie, Charlie and Chocolate Factory." Sure. He's like, oh, you should put it on your license. You should say, have a note in your wallet that says allergic to penicillin in case you ever get in a car accident and they go to treat you right away. You should, you know, they open up your license and see what you're allergic to. And I was like, no, that sounds stupid. Boring. Yeah, boring. Like, no. Yeah, no. Do Live a little bit, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you talking about? You're like, oh, I'm allergic to fucking cotton, yeah. <laughs> mold. No grass. cats in the ER. Don't put there. any cat. Yeah, don't put any cats next to this guy if he's got shot and he's dying keeps keep pollen out of the er too like if the penicillin's gonna keep me alive but my face gets red and i blow up i'm fine with it yeah that's a decent trade yeah all right let's go straight into voicemails jake who is bringing you this voicemail app today jimmy the voicemail app today is brought to you by diamond baseball tours our friends over there you've heard us talk about them for a little while now go to the website 
Go to the website. Whoa, <laughs> Jake got really angry during his ad read today. www.diamondbaseballtours.com. It's a baseball person's dream. They set up these sick trips. They have a West Coast one. They have a Mid-Atlantic one. And they do a Hall of Fame one. They're still taking some last registrations for that. You do all the awesome ballparks in the Northeast. You finish at Cooperstown where Mariano Rivera is getting inducted this year. And if it's too tight of a time frame this year, still check him out because we're putting something together for next year. There's a guy named Jarek Dieter going in next year who you might have heard of. So we're trying to plan something big around that. But go check him out. The guy's awesome. www.diamondbaseballtours.com Cool. Let's see what the people want to talk about today. we got a whole bunch of voicemails. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Here we go. Hi, Talking Yanks crew. This is Jenny T. calling from Indiana, Indiana University. And I was just curious. I know you guys don't really like talking about batting order, but do you guys think that maybe Voight needs to be moved down? Um, I'm a big Luke Voight believer, but it seems like maybe he's a little overwhelmed or unsure of himself. And I was thinking maybe putting him down a few spots, maybe behind Glaber or Gary, just so he can get his, his vibes and his mojo back. Looking forward to what you guys think. Thanks. So we got this, we got this voicemail before Gary went down, obviously. Right. And that was kind of before Voight started doing better things at the plate. Started slapping some singles, just moving the passing the baton, getting it done with, and putting together better at bats. He's got his on base streak. Yeah, every game, fifteen games now. Yeah, I think it's going into last season. It's like twenty five, twenty six, something like that. That's cool. Very deceptive stat because you could be a really bad baseball player and get on base once every game. It's true. You could have a two fifty on base percentage and and accomplish that feat. Facts only. Nice. Let's go back to the shrimp penicillin talk. No, I I think Jenny Jenny was on something that you and I have been talking about. Luke Luke didn't look great at first to start the season. I think he was batting average-wise. He was under the Mendoza line, but he was still getting getting on like once a game. He's had some better swings recently. I, I think the, the bigger thing and maybe the deepest will get into lineup stuff because we don't love lineup stuff because it's, it's not that relevant. You've been big on that they need to stretch this lineup a little more especially with, I mean, the bottom half in our lineup we saw on Sunday is unacceptable. That's why last year I loved having Glaber in the 7-8-9 hole because it makes it cyclical. Unfortunately, our lineup right now is non-existent because they're all hurt, and we only have four guys. I'll include Clint, five guys who, when they step up, I say, okay, nice, something may happen, and... I, I'm in uh, favor of spreading them out more than bunching them up. It's two different philosophies. I'm not going to fight you tooth and nail about it because in the end, guys just have to hit. But I was fine with taking Voight away. I believe in protecting the guy ahead of you. That's the most you'll get me to buy into batting order. Like, I believe that when Voight was struggling, they were just, we'll just pitch around Judge, no problem. Yeah. So, but Voight's picked it up now, and maybe even Jenny, because as she called before, like, he started putting together better at bats but we 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 would like to see a little more depth it it gets tough I mean if you have to start talking a game for defense if you have to I mean now we're sans catch (laughs) we're not without a catcher but we're we're not with Gary Sanchez so yeah I mean I I wouldn't hate it the more we can stretch it out to give ourselves 
at least seven batters that you fear a little bit that you're the pitcher, you know you can't make a mistake to. But, yeah, what whatever we can do, because it, it is, Jim, when when it's only those guys at the top of the lineup, when it's LeMahieu, Judge. Glaber Voigt. Glaber Voigt. And, I, I mean, we can invite Clint sometimes, but a pitcher can navigate that pretty easily. Yeah. The bottom of the lineup, if they're not doing anything, that doesn't put anyone on for LeMahieu or Judge or whoever it is. So, I don't know. I think we're, we want to see the depth. Let's be honest. We just want to see hitting and runs. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. Right. <clears throat> What's up, guys? So, I'm just watching this game right now, and the Yankees look like the goddamn bad news bears out there. Uh, I'm really embarrassed to even be a Yankee fan at this point. Uh, Red Sox off to a horrible start. We're not putting any distance between them. Uh, Clint Frazier and Austin Romine look like they're taking shots in between innings. They look hammered out there trying to make plays. Uh, what do you guys think about not putting any space between the Red Sox? Thanks, guys. Well, first off, don't be embarrassed to be a Yankee fan because if you were to go around the league and take a look at what some other teams are doing right now, you'd be proud to be a, uh, a Yankees fan. The Cleveland Indians just DFA'd Brad Miller who is having a good season thus far, hitting really well. They Did you see this, Jake? Because he, he called them out. Uh, mm-hmm. They DFA'd him and sent him down when they have Eric Stamets playing every single game who's hitting 053 right now sure. with a 140 on base percentage. And Brad Miller said they clearly don't want the best players on the roster right now. I saw that, and I was like, okay, shit. The injuries are bad, but we have a, a good roster when we're healthy and an ownership that's trying, actively trying to win. So let's not be embarrassed to be Yankee fans. But are you happy that the Red Sox are also losing, Jake? Do you wish that there was a bigger gap? I mean, obviously, we wish that we were taking advantage of this, but it's a two weeks into a six-month season. People last year... When the Red Sox went seventeen and two and the Yankees were nine and nine, people thought the hole was dug. And two months later, the Yankees had first place. I mean, there is so much to happen. There's no. If we were two and ten, that's a hole. The Yankees yeah. haven't dug a hole yet at all in my mind. Yeah, I, it's still mid-April. I mean, we we could still have a winning month pretty easily. We've got a four-game set with the Royals coming up after the after the Red Sox series. Like this this story can change very quickly. It's what we have, and we haven't been playing good baseball. And it's not like like you mentioned it for Sunday's game. We just got beat by the White Sox. Like it, we we didn't even do bad news bear stuff. They just outplayed us. <laughs> they were a better team that day. The bottom of their lineup was a lot better. And Jim, I I guess the weird thing with baseball, man, is that you don't see in other sports. Like, let's go back to your Cleveland Indians right now. Jose Ramirez, who's been one of the best players in the league for the past few years, he's hitting 140 with a 180 OBP so far, a 373 OPS. And, like, in basketball, that doesn't happen. It, it's not like LeBron comes up. LeBron's averaging five points per game the first month of the season. Like, no, that doesn't happen. So there's still so much baseball to be played, so much baseball to be played, that even in a week from now we can say, like, okay, the ship's starting to turn. 
And I think what would be huge for this team, Jim, is if we could start turning the ship a, just a little bit so that when the reinforcements do start coming, then it's like, all right, we're playing better baseball as a team, and we get Giancarlo Stanton back, and we get Aaron Hicks back. So I think I think that's got to be the game plan. I, I wish I could say we're going to reel off a 6-0 and week. I don't know if we're going to reel off a 1-5 a, a week, but that's that's baseball, Susan. Yeah. Dude. I'm looking at these numbers that I've called up the Brad Miller thing. It's really yeah. ridiculous. This yeah. Eric, Eric Stamets dude is a rookie. It's his first couple weeks. Like th- they lost Brad Miller, who had a 742 OPS so far. They lost him forever instead of simply sending the dude who has a 218 OPS to the minors for a little bit. Yeah. Super weird move. Yeah, I don't get it because I I don't think it saves them money because he had he has a major league contract, so I I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. I have no idea what the Indians are doing. Like I I saw that, and then I saw some other storylines around the league, and I was like, okay, it gets much worse than the Yankees. Yeah, I mean that's, that's if you're an Indians fan, like there's got to be some diehard Indians fans out there. What do you do with that situation? You just like shrug and say, holy shit. Been doing that anyway, so yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, John Boy Jake. This is Raph calling again from Boston. I wanted to ask you guys a random question. Um, I know that you guys spend a lot of time on screens, I assume. And I uh, just wanted to see if you guys, you guys use blue light filters. Uh, is that something you do to protect the eyes? And- blue light filters to protect the eyes, Jake. I have a pair on right now, and I wear them nonstop. It's a company that rhymes with Schmilich Schmay, and if they paid me to advertise, I would advertise the hell out of them because they're a lifesaver. If you and I, I generally don't take care of myself, so I got I used to get these aching, aching headaches right behind my eye, where all I all I could do at night was lay down and put a hot rag on top of my eyes and not like I'd have to just listen to music, right? Because I just have such a bad headache right behind my eyes. I got these glasses instantly. They they took away that, but if I look at a screen without them on now, after like 10 minutes, it hurts like hell. If you look at screens and your eyes start to hurt, then go get you some. Look at that. John Boy, Mr. Norman, it's Bubak again. You know, Jake, you uh, kind of mentioned, excuse me, Mr. Norman, you mentioned on the uh, post series podcast that it's super early and i agree it is super early but why why does it hurt so much it stings so bad when we get beat i don't know why i agree it's way too early and it's whatever but it just it hurts really bad it just (laughs) it just hits hard so love the show guys keep it up peace i i think that you shouldn't have to apologize for feeling every loss hard. Right. And sometimes you're going to, and other times you're, there'll be losses where you're like, ah, it's fine. It's okay. And I've had both this year. But everyone that's like, calm down. It's only April. No, man. I watch sports so I can be heavily invested in something. Jake and I, every day on John Boy and Jake Radio, we rank our days. And I've realized that even when I have miserable feelings from Yankees losses, at the end of the day, I'm just happy that I felt something because I spent the whole winter with nothing 
making my mood good or bad. Like, that's why I have sports in my life. So I want to live and die with every game. But you can do that without saying this, like, this loss feels so bad right now and the season's doomed. Like, I don't do the second part. But I, right. I, allow, my, I allow myself to wallow in, like, the miserableness of a shitty loss. That's why I watch sports. Yeah, and that's fine, and I, I think that's when, like, because I'm, I'm the kind of person that I think I just said it a second ago. Like, it's only April. We're two weeks into the season. So that's when you start doing broad strokes and be like, the year's over, that's when you say it's only April. Yeah. Um, I, the losses have sucked, and I we're actually going to talk about it a little bit in our KT, KT Sharp section. We've had the lead in a lot of games. Our bullpen, what's supposed to be our strength, has looked terrible. And, I mean, at the end of the day, we know what we do, Jim. I mean, we end up boxing out the injuries. Because when the game starts, you say, okay, this is the team we're playing with. I want them to win. So in the game, you're like, okay, do the good, guys. And you box out the fact that Aaron Hicks, Giancarlo Stan, Gary Sanchez, Miguel Andujar, who Didi. Up, Didi. I, I mean, you just, you, because that's Ellsbury who you Ellsbury and have. Tulo. And <laughs> Ellsbury and Tulo, of course. So, um yeah, I mean that's that's why it stings. Losing's never fun. Never fun. Never fun. Hey guys, it's Camden from uh, Raleigh again. I hate Austin Romine. Can we please get someone who is an actual backup catcher and not just uh, just a poor excuse for a human? Wow. Give me a Sal Fasano. I'll even take a Jose Molina back there. I just want someone that can fill a void when Gary Sanchez has leg tightness and is going to, you know, make plays and be a backstop. I don't know, guys. Let me know what you think. Thanks. So (laughs) I think he said, like, a horrible human, and he's just joking and using hyperbole, which is fine. But I think that's the only reason – that's the only plus Romine really brings is everyone likes him. I like him, his personality, his postgame. He brings an intensity – I like his personality. Like, I like Austin Romine, the dude. But we've talked about this many times. When you think of backup catcher, you think of a Jose Molina type. Like, okay, he may not hit, but he's he's going to control the game. Like, you bring in that veteran backup, this is his game. Even I felt that way with Kratz. I think yeah. even Milwaukee felt that way with Kratz. Like, he's a presence behind the mound. Like, Romine... Hasn't been calling good games at all. He's he's barely better than Gary blocking. And the stats show that. Gary's horrible at blocking. Romine is like just he's not above average at blocking in the league. And yeah. he can't throw anyone out. He he doesn't bring much besides like his tenacity and Romine itness. Okay. Yeah, he's I I said this before the season a little bit that and we were we were told when we when we hung out with Greg Bird, he told us, and this was before Romine had a solid last year, that like, you know, pe- people don't appreciate what Austin Romine means to the team. So there's there's that. But Jimmy, especially with Gary's, I mean, I almost sound like <laughs> Christopher Walken in Wedding Crashers. Gary's situation. What is our situation? It's true. I mean, the fact that you know, if Gary were to have a bad day. You know, we could just throw, a, you know, throw one of those Molina brother types back there. They can, you know, they can be a defensive stalwart behind the plate. And that's what we do at catcher that day. 
That would be kind of nice. Um, I, I think when Romine's right hitting, he can give you a little more than your average backup catcher. But I know you and I, I mean, we hate the rodeo that happens on the bases when Romine or Higgy is behind the dish. And, I mean, I think we're going to see a heavy dose of that this week with Boston and Kansas City. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. I mean, every I think every team. Seven that stole on a base attempts last game on Higgy. And, I mean, that's... Boston, I mean, they're, they're you know, the do-everything. Everyone's going to try to push your limits. Kansas City literally built a speed team. <laughs> Billy Hamilton, Alberto Mondesi. Is it Alberto? But, yeah, I think, uh, well, Jim, I, positive spin zone. We might have a lot of the Gary haters wanting Gary back real soon. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who's going to get more, most of the play, Higgy or Romine? Honestly, right now, right now, I think it's a coin flip. Higgy had a couple solid games, even stopping the ball. He he looked better than Higgy did last year. Neither of them have a good arm as a catcher. Like for them to throw out a base dealer, the the pitcher has to almost quick step it, and the runner has to get a bad jump. <laughs> so it's put, putting everyone in a tight spot. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy and Jake, your friends from Tampa here. Food for thought. Call me crazy. Call me maybe. I might be onto something. With Greg Bird in the lineup, the Yankees are five and five. Five wins, five losses. With Greg Bird not in the lineup, the Yankees are one and four. One win, four losses. Give us your thoughts. Thanks. Peace, love. Talk to Yanks. What are your thoughts? Do you think Bird has to be in the lineup just because we're winning? I mean, if if Yankees Twitter was an actual hangout party, I think you could get stabbed for saying that. I I don't, I don't think it's the secret. Birdies look so bad. It sucks. It it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. So you are going against stats here. I'm 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 not I'm not necessarily going against the the stats provided, and he he still might technically give us the best lineup right now. At least he's going to take some pitches, <laughs> but. It's rough, man. He's he's had some ugly at bats. We have another question for about Bird. I'll just go to that right now. Okay. Hey, boys. Big baby Dave. Just want to know who you guys think Greg Bird's best friend on the team is. Uh, I don't have a guess for who's best friend on the team is. So, anyway, see you later. Follow me on Twitter. Who's Bird's best friend? It was like him and D Rob were close. Him and Andrew Miller were close back when. I mean, Rome, Romine we know, might be a candidate. Yeah, we know him and Romine like each other. I mean, as long as he doesn't befriend Mike Talkman. That's when you know Bird's at his lowest. That's the kiss of death. If you see Birdie and Talkman talking on the bench, yeah, that's, that's game over. That's that's depression right there. Yeah. Wow, that's actually, you know, when like they say managers have to know their players and who they can yell at and who yeah. they need to be nice to and you got to get a read. That's That's some psychological stuff if you see bird walk over to talkman and say hey man let's be friends and hang out right now that's he means he's in a dark place yeah we need that if we want to see boone managing this team he should be telling greg bird to go hang out with cc just so cc will be like hit the damn ball man yeah have fun (laughs) sub john boy sub jake already from providence here long time listener somehow first time caller anyways question is somewhat of a hypothetical so let's say all those position players that are out are out for the same amount of time, like two months. Who would you take back right now if you can magically fix them? So Dee Dee, Gary, St- 
Stanton, Hex, and Who would you magically fix and take back right now? All right, thanks, guys. Jake sucks. Bye. Who would you take back? I'll I'll let you go because I know you you've been strong on this lately. It's three people. It's Hicks, Batansis, Severino are my top three. Ooh. Well, you got to Se- pick one. <laughs> it's it's Hicks because it's everyday player, right? Batansis I think fixes the bullpen overuse issues, and Severino if he was a Severino and like all right we got to win every day. Every five right. days we have a win on the mound, then that's crazy as well. Yeah, I guess Sevi, Sevi's almost unfair in my head for this game. Using the field players, I, I would make an argument for Stanton, man. I, I, I said this on the episode the other day, but we could plug Stanton in left field. Our lineup becomes that much deeper. And if we get hot Stanton for a couple weeks, that would be my caveat. If we get hot Stanton for two weeks... I mean, we could win a lot of games. If we get cold Stanton, then yeah, give me Hicksy. Stanton's not bad either because he fixes the outfield too. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not still really because Gar- Gardner and Stenner, yeah. It's still Guardian Center, which he, he's had a couple yikes plays out there. He's had, he's had a couple solid plays too. But yeah, I mean, if, if I could get hot Stanton in this lineup right now, uh, yeah. I'd take them all back? Let's get them all back, ideally. Yeah, ideally. Hey guys, this is Vicky, a uh, transplanted Yankee fan from New Jersey, living in Massachusetts. Uh, I saw a tweet that John Boy replied to yesterday about pace of play. It was comparing the 1978 Red Sox versus the 2018 Red Sox in pitching timing. I just wanted to know your thoughts about pace of play. Is it an issue? Pitch clock, all of that. Thanks. Love the podcast. Bye. Did you see this tweet, Jake? Yes. Did you see my response to it? Yes. I hate when people just use the dumbest form of debate known to man. And right. All right. I guess I have to explain this. Someone tweeted out a picture of David price in the ALCS last year versus a pitch versus a pitcher, a comparison side by side of a pitcher in the 1979. I think it was Clemens. Clemens. Was it? No, I think think it was more recent than that. Yeah. I thought it was 1979. Um, I can double check, but keep going. Yeah, I thought it was 79. And and they did it side by side. And it's three pitches from Price and two pitches from the other guy. So that's A, one mistake. And he's like, this is what's wrong with baseball. Look at how long it takes pitchers now. And he just used an example of a fast pitcher in the 70s versus one of the slower pitchers nowadays. Yeah. Like, I'm sure this may... If you were to do, do the actual numbers which show this, which would be... You take the average time in between pitch across the MLB and then compare that to 1979. And then you take the average amount of pitches in a game, because I think walks are higher right now than before, and compare that. You would have a fair debate comparison to prove this point that that's what's causing pace of play issues is that pitchers take longer. But the way he did it, is so stupid because I can make uh, the same video with James Paxton now and Steve Traxel back in the late 70s and say, oh, look how much faster the game is right now. And everyone was just buying in. Like, good good video. You really you proved your point. You can prove anything. Learn how to debate. Yeah. Tra- Traxel's a little more recent. That that other video is from 79. I'm not sure who was on the bump for them. It might be Oil Cam Boyd, actually. 
Sign him up. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's exactly what this guy did. He he took a slow video and a fast video. The game evolved, though. I mean, th- it used to be a batting average game, and then pitchers started throwing pitches in the dirt because hitters can't hit those, and then hitters started taking walks. So I I mean it's just the evolution of the game. The the speed isn't that much of a problem. I mean if we you know, they've already cut into the commercials, which I think was smart by baseball, and the games have felt just slightly tidier. But it's not baseball's problem. People sit down on Sunday and watch eight hours of football. Yeah. And football it's, has the same pace as baseball. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's People just want to talk about it. No, it's, well, it's because the MLB refuses to acknowledge that they're ruining the game by being dumb, so they just blame it on the youth. Oh, the youth doesn't have the attention span. We have to cater to the youth. Why don't you cater to the youth by showing them how cool the game is, not constantly reminding them something that's wrong with it that's not even wrong with it. Pace of play of baseball is why I enjoy it. Same reason I enjoy golf. It breathes conversation. It's why I can go on Periscope and say, oh, what do you guys think he's going to throw here? He just went two off speed in a row. Let's see what's coming up next. That's why baseball's great. You can have that conversation and live within the game w- with the team. Yeah. Like baseball, promote that, romanticize that instead of telling people this is what's wrong with it because it's not. It's that's what's fun about baseball. There you go. Stupid idiots. Yo, what's up John Boy and Jake? I'm sure you guys are getting a bunch of calls today, so I'll try and keep this under a minute. One. I think that, you know, CC has to be a big help for for us, especially during these times where a lot of guys are hurt. I think we might have to bring up Gio if Chevy's going to be out for over two months. It's going to be tough. Let's see how it goes. And lastly, my question is for you guys. I know you guys hate this question, but would you rather have Girardi or Boone? I know you guys really hate this question, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um Geo should come up. I think we both agree on that. Why waste that opportunity? Because with Sevy lingering and CC, I mean, he looked good in one start, but you just you never know. Like, what what's the harm in bringing him up and sending Joe Harvey down and rotating starts with him and Domingo or piggybacking starts until you know the the worst case is we have too many starters on the roster, and that's not a, that bad of a worst case. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We're going to find out soon, Jim, like five days. Um, so uh, excited to see. I, I think, yeah, you're right. You and I are almost just looking from a value standpoint, like why just let him go when we've already had this slew of injuries. Um, he had one terrible AAA start, one good AAA start. Uh, Johnny Lasagna doesn't look like he can be a quality starting pitcher for us at any point. This, well, not at any point this season, but from what we saw – yeah, so I I don't know. And then, uh, again, another a teaser, Jim. That's what they call it in the biz. Uh, what Katie Katie Sharp tells us about Jay Happ in a little bit, um, that's a little scary. Um, so now you're going to have to listen to that. So, yeah, I, I think we'd like to see Gio just to see what he's got and if he could give us some good innings. And, yeah, if you can dance around it a little bit, you know. Her, we saw bullpen Herman come out with the – with the off day, if we can work in a little bit of that, maybe that can help our bullpen issues for a little bit. Herman's arguably been our best pitcher, so I, I don't necessarily want to take him from the rotation to the pin. But 
again, Jim, the, what's been my, what have I been yelling about? Be a baseball team and not a Fortune 500 company. If Domingo Herman going to the pin, if Gio can be good, Herman can go to the pin for a little bit and settle some of our, our bullpen issues. Hey, I'll, I'll kill birds while getting stoned, man. You've been kind of saying pin like you have a southern accent instead of pen. It's cool. Pan. Clean. Throw him in the pan. Throw him in the pan. Call yeah. the pan. It's cool. Good for you, man. Thanks, dog. Hey, this is Aiden from the Jersey Shore calling for Talking Yanks. Uh, I wanted to just bring this up. It was something I was looking at just out of boredom, and it was about the 2009 World Series team. And to start the season, they were similar to the Yankees this year. They were hovering around 500. Now, they never dropped to a low record like we have now at, like, uh, I think it's 6-9 and nine currently, uh, bad with records. But they ended up starting 15-17 and 17 and going 4-7 and seven against playoff teams. I'm including the Twins and Tigers because of the 163 game. So I just want to know your opinion on that. And uh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, every like, like I said, I, I don't think they've dug a hole right now. But the injuries, it's what's scary. It's why I said if they were fully healthy and this was the start we had, I'd feel more comfortable with it because there's no hole dug. Not knowing when we're going to be fully healthy is what the scary part for me because then we have to tread water for water for a while. If we tread water and we're 500 at the end of April and we have, you know, two guys back, if we have Stanton and Gary back and we're 500, I'm happy with the situation. I don't think we're dug in. I don't think we're bad at all. I think that's fine. Every good team besides the 2018 Red Sox has <laughs> like three 500 months and three above 500 months, yeah. right? Like, that's how it works. Yankees had won 100 games last year. I think they had three 500 months and three above. I don't know the actual breakdown. Yeah. But you're going to have 500 months in baseball. You're going to lose 60 games most of the time. Yeah, and Jim, I, I think we're – I'm going to end up saying this phrase a lot, but, I mean, you know, each little series in every every week is going to tell a different story now. I mean – what if we win both Boston games and then take three out of four against Kansas City? What's everyone going to be saying then? We're going to be stoked. The season's getting started. Oh, Giancarlo's a week out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Hey, what if we what if we get swept by Boston? People are going to start freaking out. So I, I don't know. You, you just – it's tough because the, the product hasn't looked good, but, you know, hopefully something sparks it. Maybe it's two wins against the Red Sox. Maybe it's two losses against the Red Sox to get – you know that is it players only meeting season, Jim? No, but I found out we're in second place today. We were the Orioles with their win. They they hopped us, but okay. we we were in second place today. I truly uh, don't like look at the standings until after the All Star break, and that was surprising as hell to me when you told me we were in second place. <laughs> like what? Yeah, doesn't yeah. matter at all. Sox, Sox for two, KC for four at home. And then it, we have a West Coast road trip where, Jim, we're not necessarily seeing a murderer's road of teams. We're seeing the Angels, Giants, and then D-backs. We but could play triple A AAA teams, and I'd be worried about a West Coast road yeah, trip. Yeah, it's a West Coast trip. You, you'd really like to <laughs> admit Captain Obvious, but you'd really like to see the ship turn before the Boston KC or, – or, by the Kansas City series, because if it's not before the West Coast trip, that's when, I don't know, I think we'd start sounding more alarms than we normally would. I'm texting my brother-in-law right now, who is an Angels fan. Sure. 
And I'm saying, do West Coast baseball fans dread the East Coast road trip? Probably. Probably, right? Football teams and basketball teams do. Okay, yeah. so now I want to re I want to reach out to a like a Cubs fan. Hey, Jordan Gag, I'll reach out to him. Say, what do you guys dread? Yeah. Because every East Coast team good dreads teams. Some, <laughs> yeah. Playing like, playing good teams. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of interesting. Because like even the Red Sox, like, oh, we got a West Coast road trip that starts like, oh no. And like you say, even basketball. I wonder if middle of the every every string of series for the Rockies is like a road trip because they were so isolated. Yep. I wonder what they dread. Interesting. Uh, let's see. We have time for one more. Do you want to take Jake? Do you want to take Judge in the two hole question? Nope. Worried about Britain or Florial? Choose your choose, pick your poison. Jeez. Um, Britain. The other two are <laughs> are non topics to be honest. Judge is going to bet two. Florial's not coming up this year. Boom. The question was, would Florio have come up if he was healthy? And I think absolutely not. No. He's so raw. But all right, yeah. let's go Britain. Hey, guys. Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Jack Britton is walking 13% of batters. Uh, that's not good. And I know D-Rob's gotten off to an absolutely atrocious start, but he also got off to a bad start last year. Uh, he's generally Mr. Consistency, so... I don't necessarily see a problem with D-Rob, but Britain had a chance to squash all the concerns that we've had about getting him instead of D-Rob with, like, you know, four or five really good innings, and uh, he hasn't really done that. So, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried about uh, Britain. Uh, and I want him to at least be 2014 Zach Britton if he can't be his peak self, where he didn't strike out that many guys, but he still got, you know, a ton of soft contact and didn't really – walk anyone what are your thoughts all right so zach Britton. i mean we're talking about seven outings jake i was just gonna say look at his game log jim yeah i just pulled up his game log we got seven outings here and um one inning pitched zero earned runs one walk one inning pitched zero earned runs one inning pitched zero earned runs one inning pitched zero earned runs one walk Point two earnings pitched, two earned runs, one walk, one innings pitched, one walk, one earned run, all on bad in uh, hurt by the infield on this game, and then his last outing was good. I mean, he's had two bad outings, and he's walking some guys, but when you really look at his game log, it's it's so small. It's, it's it's so tough. It's so tough to use those percentages and some advanced stats early in the season because I we only have so much data. Like if if Zach Britton has two appearances where he comes out and strikes out the side coming up, his numbers looks like he's gonna have the best year of his career. So I we need to temper ourselves with that. Jimmy, six point two innings, five of his seven appearances, he's he's done his job. Zero runs. Um, the one against Houston was just a bad appearance. He walked. He walked the eighth hitter. He gave up the big double. He clearly didn't have it that day. And Zach Britton, from what we've seen, he has that from time to time. It's not exactly Batances losing the zone, but it's his him losing his one pitch, losing that power fastball curveball. Jimmy, the, the other Houston game, so we said five out of seven are clean sheets. The other Houston <laughs> game was two infield singles and a 3-2 walk, which easily could have been a strikeout. Yeah. So... I, I think we got to pump the brakes on Britain, and 
I thought it was funny that all these people were saying all this, D-Rob, D-Rob. D-Rob hasn't been good this year. D-Rob has a 5-4 ERA, and he just went on the IL. So it's... Yeah. Your, your microphone sounds great right now, but for anyone watching live or the Patreon feed, your your uh, your headphones did that thing where you Robot sound like voice? you're a throat, you're a throat box because you've been smoking. That's my life. new voice. <laughs> you're just talking about that Houston series. It's the smoking. It's cracking me up. <laughs> smoking. All right. That ends the voicemails. Thank you, everyone that called in every Tuesday app. We are going to do a voicemail app. Our next segment is Sharp Stats with Katie Sharp. We talked about she got a lot of numbers for us. Some of them sad and um, very interesting, though, to say the least. Yes. Very, very interesting. If you want, we're going to try and do one voicemail that we do with Katie. So make it something that she can dig her teeth into statistically with a statistical answer. So um, when you call up, you know, leave that and try to leave it earlier if in the week if you can so we can prep for it. Otherwise, we'll try to just choose a random voicemail and do it. But that's something we want to move forward and just start doing with Katie. So here is the next segment of the show. All right. We're back with another segment of Sharp Stats with Katie Sharp, a simple name that we all decided we like the best gets the point across. You have a perfect name for this, sharp. We're all going to sharp sharpen our minds was was uh, an option, but that's just uh, implied that whenever Katie's on here, all our minds will be sharpened with sharp stats. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm doing pretty good, probably better than a lot of a lot of other people in in the Yankee Yankee land because I, I'm I'm trying to take a more positive, reasonable stance on this season. But you know, we got to talk about the bad and the ugly. Yeah, because that has been most of the season. But uh, otherwise, yeah, ready to start another week. And hopefully this one will, will be a good one. Yeah. So we have some stuff we're going to talk about. You're going to have some stats to back it up. But I wanted to say on yesterday's episode, I I was down and out because the Yankees were losing. And I said, I don't know if you've listened yet, Katie, but I said you were killing me with your stat that you threw out there about the blown leads. I was like, I, I don't know if you, some people may take it as a positive, like, hey, we're in these games, but that crushed me. I was like, oh, man. Well, basically, based on uh, my mentions in my, on my Twitter, it's, a, it's a definitely a negative among <laughs> Yankee fans. So there was, a, there was probably zero positives, positive remarks or, or positive replies when I threw that stat out there. For me, uh, I don't know about you guys, but that seems to be the overriding theme of this season. And, uh, you know, kind of looking at the numbers, like what I said is how can it not be when they've held a lead in 14 of their 15 games? You think about that. 14 of 15 games, they've had a lead. And 12 of 15 games, they've actually scored first. So they're getting out to these hot starts. And, uh, and we know last year that, I mean, that's kind of was their mojo last year as well. They had, I think, one of the highest uh, highest number of first inning runs last year. They had the second best record when scoring first last year. And they actually had the second best record when getting out to a lead in games last year. So that was something that we expected last year and that we kind of thrived on last year was just getting out to those leads and then crushing our opponents, crushing the other teams. Uh, and that's just not happening this year. 
And, uh, you know, I think that that has been obviously the biggest problem. And, you know, we can say the circumstances are different with the injuries and everything, but flat out, there's just, there's also some people that just, they just aren't performing. And just to put into context, some of these, these numbers, I said, I mentioned they've had a lead in 14 of the 15 games and they are six and eight in those games. I mean, that's, that's pretty much unacceptable. The only other team with eight losses is the Royals. That's a team you don't want to be associated with if you know how their season's been going. And uh, the only other team that's below 500 in those games is is the Red Sox. And we know how their season's going as well. And, uh, you know, another uh, most uh, one of the more alarming stats is that last year they didn't have their eighth blown lead loss. This is what we're calling them uh, until June 24th. And Ooh. right now we're in we're in what the second week of the se- third week of the season. So uh, that's pretty much alarming. And then also the, the scoring first uh, stat that I mentioned, the 12 games they've done that, they're five and seven in those games. Uh, normally teams win about two-thirds of those games. Uh, those seven losses, they're the most of any team right now. So, uh, yeah, just, just hold on to your hats, you know, <laughs> and just think the worst kind of way if, if, you, you know, if the Yankees get out to a lead or, or they start scoring first. Well, I think I, I can spin that and maybe it's because there's no game today. So I'm feeling optimistic and I haven't been, you know, sub- submerged down to the depths of sadness yet because there's no game. But I see that it, and I I can put the optimistic spin on it saying like, wow, when we're healthy and we're full, that's going to change. Like if we get those early leads and we and we stay and we can pound the ball with a better lineup. The bullpen's been bad, and that's a problem for all of this, and I feel like that can't keep happening. There's a thing that I don't know how many people know this. You probably do. The Pythagorean. I, I can never say that word. The Pythagorean. Pythagorean win and loss record, which is Bill uh, – J- what's his name? Bill James? Yes. He started this. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's basically runs scored divided by runs allowed, what your actual record should be. And the Yankees, according to this, should be over 500 and they should be uh, nine and six, I think it is. They say this is how you measure. So, like, they're just not finishing games. It's weird what they're doing. Well, I just want to I want to clarify one thing on that Pythagorean record. It's it's true. But uh, what that actually means, like, I, I, I get the point of it, but I think it's skewed a lot by that. Was it the fourteen something win that we had? That oh. huge blowout. What it more is indicative of they've had a lot of big blowouts um, and a lot of close losses. All all for a while, all their losses were of one Very run close. or less. Yeah. yeah. So that's really what it's. That's really more of what it's saying is that they've they've been in. You know, they've had a lot of close losses and a lot of blowout wins. Okay. Necessarily, they're not timing. They're not putting together the timing of their runs scored and their runs allowed. So that is, I mean, that's a good sign too because <laughs> those things they don't last. They don't tend to last over the course of the season. You know, usually those things normalize, they'll regress to the mean, um, and you can expect uh, something better. So yeah, that is definitely if you want to be optimistic, it's it's definitely uh, something you can look at. How do you view these numbers? Do you view them as optimistic or pessimistic? I actually view them as as a little bit optimistic because this is, I mean, 
it's really hard to be below 500 when you're taking a lead when normally teams win 70% of those games. It's really hard to be below 500 when you're scoring her first when normally teams, you know, win, as I said, 67% of those games. And those are things that are just, it's not like true talent. It's not, you know, it's not based on really on a talent. A lot of it is based on what we call sequencing, putting together the right number, you know, the, the hits in the right inning and um, the runs in the right games and things like that. A lot of the research says that this should even out over the course of a season. But, you know, like if it ha- if you do 10,000 simulations and the research says that 8,000 of those, it'll even out, there's still 2,000 of them when it won't. And that's, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, that's all about, you know, regression. Uh, that That's what that means. Um, so you can't say, you can't predict for sure that it is, but more likely than not, you can say that these types of things will even out over the season. That being said, you know, a lot of their met, a lot of the numbers are horrible in the bullpen and also in what we like to call their, their clutch hitting. And I know that, you know, this, this stuff probably might not be sustainable, especially the clutch hitting stuff, because uh, that can be a little bit more fluky. But right now in high leverage plate appearances, high leverage situations, uh, and we, I think we talked about that maybe last week in the podcast with uh, where their friend Glaber, the Yankees are 24th in OPS in high leverage uh, plate appearances. So in those tight situations, uh, they're not getting the job done. And, uh, they're also 26th in what's called clutch score on fan graphs, which basically uh, compares your OPS in these clutch situations, these high leverage situations compared to your overall OPS. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're like horrible in one of them, but it's just a compare. It's a way to kind of compare them. And, and they are one of the worst teams in that. So when the going gets tough, the Yankees are basically wilting and, uh, and melting away. Yes. <laughs> That's, that's on the hitting side. And then uh, speaking of melting, uh, the bullpen has been, you know, has been pretty horrible. And Fangraphs actually has this stat called a meltdown, which is when nice. uh, a reliever comes in, a relief appearance comes in, it, and it decre- decreases the, uh, the team's win probability uh, by at least 6%. So we, we know what win probability is. It's, you know, based on the situation, what chances they're going to win. So when, the, when a reliever comes in and makes this appearance and, you know, he puts his, his team in a, in a hole, that's called a, that's called a meltdown. And so right now the Yankees are, uh, they have 13 meltdowns, which is tied for the uh, fourth most in, in baseball. So that's 13, you know, collectively by each individual pitcher. But yeah, that's the fourth most of any team in, in the majors. So things are not trending well with the bullpen. We, we know the ERA is very high. You know, the home runs are high as well. But to me, one problem with that is that the starters, they're, they're 23rd in innings pitch. So obviously there's a ton of stress being put on the bullpen. And with our bullpen not at full strength, Dellen being out, um, that has become a problem. Well, and Yankee fans might want to buckle up this week because, Katie, the first stat you let off with today, uh, the Royals and the Red Sox blowing leads. Those are the teams we're playing this week. So <laughs> buckle up, everyone. Might be an exciting week. And uh, yeah, Katie, that meltdown stat is awesome. And I and I guess 
I, I think I know the answer, but I, I want to give it to you because you'll be able to present it the right way. We love pointing a finger. Um, a lot of people love pointing a finger at an individual person or something like that. But, I mean, is this all just in a bucket? We're not getting clutch hits. The relievers are melting down. The pitchers aren't throwing long enough. I mean, I I think so. But as out of those, does anything jump out? I, and are, are we maybe asking too much of the bullpen? We hear that on the Yes broadcast a lot that, you know, you ask four guys to all be right on the same day. It's That's kind of a tough ask. So, I, I mean, is it more that? Is it what what can we point to more so than others? I think for me, I think I think the bullpen has been kind of the biggest disappointment and, and the biggest worry. I think the hitting is going to come along. That's where most of the injuries have occurred. And they're actually, I mean, overall in, in some of the, you know, in the batting stats, they're about middle of the league, middle of the American league. So not great, but given, you know, the fact that, you know, on a regular basis, we're, we're trotting out Kyle Higashioka or, you know, Higgy, I'll call him, Mike Talkman <laughs> and, and uh, Gio, Gio Urshela, those types of guys that should be in triple A. And it's not, it's, you know, we have to trot them out uh, because of how, how much the injuries have depleted the, uh, the offense. So I think that, you know, kind of middle of the pack offense is kind of maybe the best that you can expect right now. But for the, for the bullpen, I mean, there's been a lot of guys that have underperformed and, and it has been trending a little bit better in, in the past week. But the only significant person that you're getting back is going to be Dellen. And maybe that is the linchpin. Maybe he is the linchpin uh, for that bullpen because what it does is it just pushes people back in the order because he is the, you know, the de facto eighth, eighth inning guy at this point. I'm, I'm probably most worried about this bullpen and, and them trying to turn it around, especially since that stat I mentioned about the starters breaking 23rd in innings pitched in the majors. Um, there's been an, just, I think an enormous and kind of an, kind of higher than expected uh, burden on the bullpen at this point. Do you think that that is somewhat managing? We've had a lot of times where Tanaka has been taken out at 80 pitches. Um, and you're thinking to yourself or I'm thinking to myself, yeah, hand the bullpen, the ball, they're supposed to be locked down. But if we do that every game and don't let the, don't let our starters fully empty the tank, then over time we're creating this huge burden on the bullpen because have we had a pitcher throw 100 pitches yet? I don't think we have. I don't know. No. I don't know if no, we've I had mean, a pitcher throw 90 pitches yet. I think Domingo Harmon might be the, I mean, did he or maybe uh, I don't even think that as well. Um, we can look that up, but uh, I mean, I tend to give, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get crushed for this, uh, <laughs> but uh in April, I tend to give the manager the benefit of the doubt in terms of pulling pitchers early. I, I agree um, with you. Because it is a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint. We still have, what, how many? 140, you know, 145 games left uh, in the season. I, I tend to give the manager a doubt if he's pulling a guy at, at less at 90 pitches or, you know, 88 pitches. But some of the stats really prove that, that they should be pulled and, you know, that we know about the third time through the order penalty and I think especially in the early season that can be I think that can be magnified because players you know pitchers maybe not don't have their sharpest stuff and and they don't have the best scouting reports on opponents 
And so if you're going to, if you're going to subject your starter to, to a third time through the order, when maybe he's not prepared for that yet. Yeah. I think it makes sense to kind of rely on your bullpen, yeah. um, which we know was projected to be the best in the majors. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it season. here. It's, it looks like Paxton uh, threw 99 pitches in his second start versus Baltimore and 95 versus Houston. And in that game versus yes. Houston is when he says he was tipping his pitches, the contact rate and the foul ball rate is incredible from that game. He says he found out Beltran helped him. Do we have any, anything on Paxton or, or Hap? Cause we know they're coming up in this two game set versus versus Boston. Can, can we expect better, please? Please let me know. We can expect please. better. Please, come please. on. <laughs> do, you, do you want the Do you want the good news or the bad news? Oh boy! And this was talk. This was the sharps with Katie Sharp. Thank you. No, give give us give it to us real, Katie. All right, I'll start off with the bad news then. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, J. A. Hap. Bad yeah. news. So the the numbers. So basically, he's he's made three starts. And he's gotten one out in the fifth inning of those three starts. Um, Bad. And uh, I looked up. I looked up. You know what? It, what it's. You know the other pitchers that have kind of not lasted very long and in in, to start the season. And before half, the last two Yankee pitchers that uh, lasted no more than four and a third innings in each of their first three starts of the season were uh, Phil Hughes in 2011 and Chin Ming Wong. Or, our buddy uh, in 2009. And the thing that the, both of those guys have in common is that they went on the DL right after that third start. Ooh. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that that half is good. Katie nuke. <laughs> I, I'm not saying anything. I'm not predicting anything. It's, you know, it could be, you know, whatever. <laughs> Katie, when I say shoot us honest, I mean with kid gloves on. I like, was don't wa- actually, oh, I'm sorry. I was watching. So, anyways, <laughs> regardless of whether he goes on the DL or not, both of those players, both of those guys were awful in those seasons, as, as we probably remember. And, uh, you know, his, his numbers are, are horrible uh, on the surface. I mean, you can't get really much worse than an eight, seven, eight or eight, seven, six ERA. And, uh, you know, a slugging percentage in the sixes, an OBP in the fours and a, and a batting average allowed of, at least, of, of 350 or, or what it, whatever it is. But to me, more troubling is the fact that when we're going back to StatCast, StatCast hates him too. All of his <laughs> expected statistics, you know, the ones that we, we talked about that last week based on exit velocity and launch angle, say that those numbers are real. He has the ninth highest expected WOBA, the fifth highest expected slugging percentage, and the fourth highest expecting batting average. And those numbers, all those expected numbers are in line with the actual numbers. So he's a problem right now. And I don't think that it was hard to predict this when uh, you're re-signing a guy that turns 36 and relies on a fastball that has lost at least one mile per hour this season. What's the good news? <laughs> What's the good news, please? You want the good news? I need something. Okay. So if, okay. if if he finds control, he's fine. He just needs to tinker a little. Uh, J. A. Hap. Yeah. Um. No. Oh. <laughs> oh boy. He needs to. Uh, he needs to get his fastball under control right now because basically it has been absolutely tattooed and pummeled. He's throwing 
more fastballs in the heart of the zone. As I mentioned, his, his velocity is down on his fastball. One thing that he had normally, you know, one thing that had been his bread and butter in the past is, you know, getting people to hit weak, weak pop-ups and, and weak fly balls. And his, what's called uh, under percentage, the percentage of batted balls that, you know, players hit under uh, is about down about 10 percentage points on his fastball. So he's not getting what he's supposed to be doing with his fastball. He's never going to overpower you with his fastball. And right now, all the only thing the hitters are doing is, is sending it deep, deep into the outfield and high and far over the fence. So he needs to fix that right now. Please. 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 Um, please. Uh, you wanted the good news. Is that what yes. you said there, Jamie? Um, Paxton. We know that, you know, on the surface, he doesn't look very much better than half. He's got a six ERA and, you know, allowed three home runs, um, been hit pretty hard. But uh, if you kind of look at what I was saying about those expected numbers, he's basically the opposite of, of half. All of his expected numbers are literally about 100, 100, uh, 100 points better than, uh, than his actual numbers. And he's in the top 10 in the, the difference between expected and actual in expected slugging minus actual slugging, expected batting average minus actual batting average, and expected WOBA minus uh, actual WOBA. So he's getting, I mean, I'm not going to call him unlucky because the results are the results. But based on the, the, the stuff that he's throwing, he should be he should be getting better number. He should have better numbers um, than what he currently has. And it also you can also break that down into his pitches as well. His spin rate on his fastball, basically the same as last year. His velocity is the same as last year. The whiff rate on his fastball is pretty much the same as last year. So the stuff on his fastball is is pretty much in line. And I think that you're going to see some better results on that on that pitch going forward. So the the one thing that I had, that I did mention um, that he is having a little bit of trouble with, and I think that we can kind of see this with our own eyes, is He's just really struggling to put away batters right now. When he gets to two strikes uh, last year, about a quarter of those guys he struck out. This year, it's only about 20%. So it's, it's, it's just not being as dominant. Um, he's letting get, he's letting, you know, he's walking more guys when he's got them with two strikes. So I think that is one thing that I'm going to look for going forward um, with Paxton, his ability to put away batters. But uh, I've, I definitely have a lot less concern about him than I do about half. Yeah. And it sounds like you're saying his spin rates there, like all his, his expectations are there and that lends to the tipping pitches theory or saying, well, he can, cause any pitcher can have the nastiest stuff. If a hitter knows what's coming, they can fend off the dirty pitches really well. And then they can attack the mistakes. So, I am now fully convinced he was tipping his pitches and he has to fix that and it'll be great. Problem is, can he fix it? Because we think that was what the problem with Severino last year and never fixed it. Exactly. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Jake, you got anything else? Man, 
Hopefully we start winning so KT can start bringing <laughs> some of the fun stats because right now <laughs> that that hap segment hurt me a little bit. I don't know, Katie. Get you know, t- tell me the sun's gonna come up tomorrow or something like that. I don't know. What what else do we need to know? I I know we 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 were thinking of maybe saving Tanaka for for next week, depending how his. I can't next do. I can't goes. do. I can't do yeah. bad Tanaka. The bad hap segment nah. killed me. Yeah. Um, Hap's the worst ever. <laughs> yeah. CC and pray for rain. I don't know. Okay. We can all we can talk about C. I mean, we can just kind of praise CC and how awesome he was in that start, and you know, just what he showed. I think, and actually, you know, if if you're a believer in in and I am as well in some of the intangibles in the clubhouse, I I think that his presence in the clubhouse is gonna be is gonna be a positive going forward. I like you know, that. Obviously, they they lost the they lost the game. They you know they lost on Sunday, um, but I think just having him there and being another veteran presence, I think I think that's an underrated, an underrated you know non-stat that hopefully will will get this team back on track. And you know they're saying all the right things too. You know you don't see the confidence shot or anything like that. You don't see any turmoil. No. Uh, so I think that that is, uh, you know, definitely something that we can, you know, maybe a little bit of a positive spin at least. I, I like that you, a lot of people that love the analytics and the stats as much as you do and how well you understand them and accept, and accept them and rely on them. I love that. But to also acknowledge that there is a clubhouse factor and there is just an emotional part of the game where CC's on the mound and the whole team is like, all right, let's fucking go. Let's do this. CC's out there there. Cause I, I think people that deny that it's crazy to me. It's uh, it's still humans out there, you know, and emotions do go crazy, but all right, next week we got to get some good, good stats on the sharp, sharp stats segment. Hopefully, hopefully Hap has a good start and we can find out what happened. Absolutely. I would, I am much happier. Happy, oh, geez. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did okay, sorry. Um, yes, I am much happier talking about the positive stats and in you know all the rallies and, and the comebacks and and everything, um, that you know that we were so accustomed to and so used to last year. So, all right, let's 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 do it, boys. Perfect, yes. thanks for thanks for joining us. And everyone that uh doesn't follow Katie already on Twitter can find her at KT Sharp Sharp. At KT yes. Sharp, must follow if you're a Yankee fan who uses Twitter and wants to understand more and uh, just get every insight. That's cool. That's good. Uh, and uh, don't follow Jake. Follow Katie. Don't follow me. Yeah. Just follow Katie. Perfect. That's where the good stuff is. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. There you go. That's Katie Sharp. Thank her for coming on. She will be back with us next Tuesday. Like we said, if you have a question you think that it would be fun to have her sink her teeth into, uh, call in, let us know, 908-845-5792. Any last words, Jake? Always, and tweet at Katie. Always tweet at Katie, every episode. That's the rule. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, tweet hard at Katie. Yeah. KT Stats. Katie Sharp. You're the best. At KT Sharp. We'll be back. Only a two-game set for next series recap, so we'll be back Wednesday night on Patreon, patreon.com slash Yanks. if you want to help us out, subscribe there or Wednesday morning on the podcast app. If you want to, you can leave a five-star review and rating and all that nice stuff if you want to. You know, don't do anything you don't want to do. 
not a big peer pressure episode. We we have one or two of those a month. This isn't one of them. It'd be nice. No, you don't have to. You don't have to. Do what you want. Go and think about it. Think about it. Yeah, think about it. Think about it. All right, and that ends this episode. I am stalling as I bring up the soundboard. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.